Welcome to another edition of the Sports Rotation. As always, I'm your host, Jay Butler, and I appreciate you tuning in through TuneIn Radio, Stitcher.com, Google Play Music, or my favorite, my website, thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Again, that's thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Feel free, as always, to hit me up on my Twitter feed, which is at jbutler0809392. A lot of stuff to get into today, but I wanted to start with this whole entire situation with Kobe Bryant and having his jersey retired. And I got to say, now, my wife, she's always thought that I was kind of peculiar because I've never been the one who's into receiving a lot of accolades or getting a lot of high praise. I've always just thought, you know what, pay me my money. Um, acknowledge the fact that I've done my job and let me move on. I don't want to be in the limelight. I don't want to receive pats on the back all the time. Just let me do my job. Let me get in. Let me get out. Let me get my money. And then I'm out. So I've, I've never been that person who has been overly into like sports awards of any kind. Like if somebody's entering into the Hall of Fame I've always thought, well, what is the purpose of this? I mean, this person's, um, their body of work basically is spoken for itself. Like, I don't need to be inducted into the Hall of Fame for me to be able to recognize that I was a special talent, be it on the football field, the baseball diamond, um, basketball court, what have you, whatever sport it is that you're playing. I've never thought, well, why do you need to be recognized even more, given the fact that if you are a professional athlete and you are mildly famous, more than likely you have been receiving a lot of high praise throughout your entire career. Why do we need to add to it? So I was looking at the whole entire thing with the Kobe Bryant jersey and I was like, oh my gosh, here we go again. And it, you know, it made me kind of think about like what I tell my students. I had a student come up to me. Actually, I've had a couple of students come up to me. And, you know, they're really young. They're, they're, this is the first time that they're getting grades because they're in third grade. And, you know, they don't really understand, like, what an A means or what an, a D means. So I've had some students come up to me and they're like, hey, uh, uh, Mr. Butler, Mr. Butler, is a C good? And I always give him this look like, you got to be kidding me. So the last kid that came up to me and said, they were asking, hey, Mr. Butler, is, is a C good? I said, no, it's average. And they're like, oh, oh, what do you mean it's average? And I said, it's average. It means that it's not good, it's not bad. You can be guaranteed that I probably won't remember you if you're a C student. And they had this look of disappointment on their face, but I was really just trying to be honest with them. Look, if you really want to stand out, be extraordinarily good at what you do. Put in the hard work and it will pay off. If you're going to do something, do it all the way. It's just like that the person who is the class clown. I'll tell my students all the time because someone will drop something on the floor like a pencil and they'll just go hee 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 hee. And I say, look, if you're going to laugh at something, have it be something that is funny. Have it be something that's memorable. Don't just laugh just to laugh. Laugh at something that's good, that's noteworthy. 
That's like whenever I'm giving a student high praise, it's, it's because they've done something extraordinary in my class that is memorable, that I want other students to remember, that I want other students to emulate. And I look at this whole entire thing with the Kobe Bryant uh, jersey retirement, and I thought to myself, every single time that I watched Kobe Bryant go into the court until when he changed his, his jersey number up, I always thought, I've always seen a better version of this. And that better version was Michael Jordan. I've seen this before. As, as good as Kobe Bryant was in the court, as great as he was in the court, and I realized that he is a lovable Laker. I realized that he's one of their own. He's always going to be beloved in the eyes of Laker land. But every single shot, every single dunk, Every interview that he gave, it was like he was wearing a Michael Jordan mask. I had seen it, done it, been there. I know what you're going to say before you even say it. Because I watched a guy throughout his entire career do the same exact thing. The 360s. The dunks over people. The only thing missing from Kobe Bryant's game was the wagging of his tongue. But there was no way that he could like totally just just uh, turn into Michael Jordan. I guess, I mean, that would, just would have been over the top if, if while he was scoring on guys, he was wagging his tongue like Michael Jordan did. But I always thought to myself, I've seen this act before. And I really didn't start to appreciate Kobe until he started doing something that was unique. And he basically just started saying, I don't give a crap about what people think about me. I'm going to be totally honest, Kobe. When Kobe Bryant turned into the totally honest Kobe, the guy who said things about his teammates, about his coaches, about the uh, organization as a whole, and he flatly didn't care what they thought, that was the guy that I wanted to tune in to watch because that was unique. That was a guy who was doing something that hadn't been done before. It got me to thinking, actually, about how I felt about LeBron James. And I was always saying, oh, man, this guy... You know, he, he doesn't make the, the, take the open shot. He's always passing up to his teammates. He's always deferring. He never takes over games. This was early on in LeBron's career, even as he was remarkable, even as he was coming out and scoring 20 points a game as a rookie, I failed to recognize the talent that was going on right in front of me because I was trying to compare him to something that I had already seen. And then after a while, after me hating on him, after me not appreciating everything that LeBron James was doing on the court, it got me to thinking, man, you better enjoy this while you can because you're never going to see another talent like this ever again. Ever. There is not ever going to be a six foot nine, 260 pound forward who moves like a guard, who can guard every position that's on the court who is a defensive menace, who can get a shot off whenever he wants to, who is a bully to the basket, you're just never going to see anything like that again. But I never felt that way about Kobe because I had always seen what he was doing. It was like It's like why I hate comparing rookies to other players that have played before them. Let them be unique. Let them do something memorable. Let them be the player that they were meant to be. 
I think a lot of times we miss out on guys because we're constantly comparing them to what we had already seen. And in and Kobe's case, it gets a little problematic when you are trying to be, when you are trying to uh, totally pattern your game off of somebody who in their own you know, essence was great. Michael Jordan was a great player. But, I mean, honestly, when you think about Kobe, the minute Kobe even retired, I mean, he dropped, what, 60 points on us in his last game? Of course, he also took 60 shots. Had to be 60 shots. But the minute Kobe Bryant left, that was it. We stopped talking about him. We went on to worrying about something that was relevant, like what the Warriors were going to do that year. Stopped caring. Now, granted... That has to be taken in a certain context because when you think about it, that whole entire year had been devoted to Kobe. It was the, the Kobe farewell tour where he was just jacking up shot after shot after shot to the detriment of his team, not making anybody better. That Actually, that had been Kobe's career the past few years that he was on the court, just not making anybody better, just take, trying to take over the game when he didn't have that left in him to do. The constant assassin, as they would like to say. But yeah, it wasn't until Kobe turned into, I don't give a flying leap what you think about me, that I really started to appreciate what Kobe was because he became that unique talent. Now granted, I'm, I'm sure Kobe Bryant could care less of what I have to say, let alone anybody uh, who, who's talk, who has anything negative to say about his game, or even anything positive to say about his game. I think Kobe just takes it all in stride. But it was interesting listening to that retirement um, ceremony that took place and um, listening to some of the words that um, even um, Magic Johnson had to say. I, I thought this was just hilarious to me. That's enough of the man love. That's all I could take. That's all. That's really, ugh. I was about to throw up all over myself. I mean, first of all, talking about Kobe Bryant being the the best ever Laker, Magic must have like totally had like an Alzheimer's moment, not thinking about his own career. Magic Johnson's career may, just totally dwarfs Kobe Bryant's career. Considering what Magic Johnson meant to the Lakers organization, bringing that that uh, team, that organization, back to um, the forefront of the league, 
basically making that organization relevant again, making that organization, developing a style of play that the NBA had not seen in a long time, or I should say even ever. The Showtime Lakers, Magic Johnson with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and with uh, Byron Scott, James Worthy, all of those guys, Cooper, running up and down the court just scoring on guys at will. Nobody had seen anything like that before. So Magic Johnson just totally forgot his own career. Then you have uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I'm sure had to be a little bit salty. Uh, hello, Sky Hook. Kareem, also part of the Showtime Lakers. All-time leading scorer, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And you're going to get sit there and say that because Kobe Bryant played... Uh, 20 years for the Lakers organization that he was the all-time the, the best guy to wear the, the purple and gold? Really? Or maybe he just got caught up at the moment. I don't know. But no, there's no way I consider Kobe Bryant the, the all-time greatest Laker. I mean, you think about it the fact that Jerry West and I'm sure Kobe Bryant is a better player than Jerry West, but as, Jerry West is the logo. The logo. So you have the logo who played for the Lakers organization. You had a guy who created his own shot. The Sky Hook made that actually uh, the most impossible uh, shot to guard. And you had Magic Johnson bringing the Lakers organization back to relevance. So I'm going to put Kobe Bryant... If I add in Shaq to that equation, I'm going to put Kobe Bryant maybe at a distant four and a half, maybe fifth best uh, Laker to ever play the game. Granted, he was with them for 20 years. And in 20 years, yeah, you better win some championships. You better win a couple, especially if you played with Shaq. But yeah, that was enough of the man love. I, I, I couldn't take any more. That was just starting to get to me, starting to make me nauseous. But, I mean, I mean, think about it. The, the minute Kobe Bryant left the game, we just automatically, we let him go. We stopped talking about him. He stopped being relevant. Now, one thing that you can't deny from Kobe Bryant was that drive, that will to succeed, that hard work. You have the stories of him going inside of the gym and putting up 1,500 shots and not leaving until he made 1,500 shots. You have the guy who was going out there night in and night out, just going out there just to dominate, to assassinate his opponent. But calling him the all-time greatest Laker to ever play, that's a little bit of a stretch. A little bit of a stretch. But this is a, a tale that I want to tell other, um, other individuals who are striving to make a name for themselves. Don't pattern yourselves after somebody else. Pick up what they do best. Pick up what other people do best and turn it into your own. Make it your own. Be unique. You don't have to pattern yourself after one individual person. You don't have to carry yourself after just one individual who stands out. Be your own person. That's really what's going to carry over. That's really what's going to make people remember who you are.
And that's the thing about sports that we love. We love seeing things that are unique. Something that we're not going to get a chance to see ever in our lifetime. That's why so many people have embraced LeBron James, despite his passive aggressiveness, despite the way he complains in the media. We've embraced LeBron James because of the greatness that he does on that on that court. We're not going to see the type of talent that Le- LeBron James has ever again in our lifetime. Kevin Durant is another one. I think more people have embraced Kevin Durant because the more and more you look at him, you're not going to see a seven-footer who can move like that, who can shoot like that, who has handle like that. Steph Curry. You want to know why he's likable, lovable Steph Curry? It's not because he has green eyes and because he has light skin, although it does help. But you're not going to see a guy with that handle who can make a shot anywhere within half court. Probably the the greatest all-time shooter of our lifetime. You're not going to see that. He's unique. That's why I want to put my arms around Joel Embiid, figuratively speaking. Figuratively speaking. Because I haven't seen a big man do the kind of things that he's done. The last great big man that I saw with that kind of footwork, with that ability to move around the rim, with that soft feet and the guy that could get a shot off, the last guy I saw like that was Hakeem Olajuwon. And lo and behold, people were comparing him to Hakeem Olajuwon. But at a younger age, he's better than Hakeem Olajuwon. Not better than Hakeem Olajuwon was at his, uh, in his prime. I'm talking about at, in, um, as far as where he is with his age and where um, Hakeem was at that same age. Embiid is far ahead of where Elijah Ron was. You're not seeing any guy be able to do that kind of stuff on the court. That's why I look at the, the whole entire thing with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Same thing. He can't shoot worth anything. But seeing a guy who's that height move with that type of ability, Ben Simmons, same way. You put your arms around those guys because they're unique talents. They stand out. You're not going to see anything else like that. Christos Persingas. People keep trying to compare him to Dirk. No, he's not the next Dirk. He's the first Christops. A seven foot three guy that can get his shot off, who is tenacious, and who can handle being and being on the on the big stage of playing in New York that's a rarity being able to uh, lead your team being able to be the hardest working player on your team certainly wasn't anything that Carmelo was doing so yeah we tune in for greatness but we also tune in for what is unique want to switch it up a little bit and get, and talk a little bit about what's going on in the NFL. And, you know, I was very disappointed. Being a Cowboys fan, I was very much rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to pull out that win versus the, the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And I keep hearing people talking about Jameis Winston, how he's supposed to be this next uh, great uh, football player or, or quarterback in the league. And I still have yeah. I mean, I'm kind of hot and cold when it comes to Jameis Winston. You know, sometimes he's 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 fairly decent, and then sometimes he's just meh. You you just wonder what in the world is going on inside of his head. Now I know the the uh, Buccaneers have faced a lot of injuries, particularly on the offensive line. 
and Jameis has had to overcome a lot of issues with the coaching staff. But I'm, I'm talking about a guy who I don't believe is fully lived up to the hype that he had coming out of college, especially with being a first, well, yeah, first round draft pick. But then I was looking at um, his counterpart on the other side of the field, Matt Ryan. And I, I got to tell you, if the Falcons make it in and I have to watch Matt Ryan, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. As a Cowboys fan, I, I just I don't know what I'm going to do. Because I won't be watching the playoffs. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is on the IR now. So there goes rooting for... I mean, it is, it's one thing to root for Aaron Rodgers. It's another thing to root for him when you hate him so much, like I do. But there, there is no, no great feeling, no great sense of, I got to tune in when I'm watching Matt Ryan on the field. I'll watch Aaron Rodgers on the field as much as I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, and not because of anything personal against Aaron Rodgers. I just hate the fact that he's so good and has beat my team several times. But I'll tune in to watch that. Matt Ryan, eh. a lot of throws on the field that left left uh, to be desired. A lot of plays he's not capable of making. And how are you not capable of getting the ball to Julio Jones on a consistent level? I've, I've never known that. Never known that. I should be able to go out in the field and get it out to a guy who's six foot three, over two thirty pounds, two hundred thirty pounds. But that game, there was, there was plenty of opportunities for the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers to take over that game. They got a couple of fumbles against Devontae Freeman that I thought that they could have taken advantage of. Uh, there was a couple of uh, missed opportunities as far as um, receivers just dropping passes that would have extended drives. And, of course, you can pick it up in my voice that I'm, I'm a little bit um, just upset just a little bit upset because it has to do with my Cowboys being able to possibly make the playoffs. But I'm going to get over it. I know my team still has a shot to make it in. Got to not pray because you're not going to pray for a football team to lose or win a game. I'm not going to waste my prayers on that. I mean, that no. Not that type of fan. But I do look forward to Zeke uh, joining back up with the Cowboys. I don't know. It, it's kind of strange to me um, because he took off, didn't want to be a distraction to the team, and he decided that he was going to continue training in Mexico. I uh, would probably um, do the same thing if I had the same that, that kind of money. If I needed to train and get away, just go to a resort and train that way. That's not a bad way to... Uh, to uh, get away for an extended period of time. But glad to have him back. I think that that can make them uh, have a, an extended playoff push, possibly get into the playoffs. I know they have that big game with Seattle coming up this week. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, turning my, my uh, thoughts back to the NBA, because I'm looking at this game, and this is just amazing. Just watching uh, Giannis and LeBron go at it, it is just a thing of beauty. The thing of beauty. Like I said, don't be average. Be unique. And it's amazing how many teams had an opportunity to draft Giannis and just totally overlooked him. But that whole entire NBA process is a crapshoot anyway. 
That's why when I'm looking at my my Chicago Bulls and this win streak they're on, I, and it's funny listening to or not listening to, but going on Twitter and just seeing the amount of comments that people are having, how people are just basically losing their minds because the Bulls are now on a six-game winning streak and possibly seven-game winning streak because uh, Orlando, the next team that they have up, it has a lot of their starters that are out. But it's just funny that people are losing their minds because they're thinking that the Bulls are going to play themselves out of receiving a top pick. Slow down, people. The Bulls aren't that good. They just caught teams who were on the downward spiral. And the uh, Bulls have actually been able to capitalize off of that. But I know my Bulls team. They don't have the talent just yet. They're not quite there. Not quite there. Not not just yet. But the whole entire thing of... of of playing and and just trying to receive a top draft pick and trying to tank that's not necessarily the way to go about it there's been plenty of teams that have gotten those those top one top two picks and have just totally blundered them now I do find myself in a very uh, strange situation it's quite the conundrum as I like to say because here I am rooting for the Chicago Bulls to win while actually also rooting for them to lose. Because I am one of those people who do want to see them get a top draft pick. And I think if you add a top draft pick into what they receive, there's a chance that this team could actually do some some solid things going into the future. But isn't a perspective... Like, it, it's amazing. Hindsight is twenty twenty. When I was talking about the Chicago Bulls and this whole entire trade that they made for Jimmy Butler with the Minnesota Timberwolves, people were saying how the Bulls got fleeced. They didn't get enough. Oh, they don't know what they're doing in management. Even though they put together a solid team year in and year out the past, what, 10 years with that organization. And just, what, just, no. They've made the playoffs every single year. Aside from... Uh, two years ago, I believe, they made the playoffs every single year for the past 10 years. That's a, that's a, a well-run organization, no matter what you want to say about it. But when they got Chris Dunn and Zach Levine and the number seven pick, people were saying, oh, they didn't get enough. Well, now you're seeing Chris Dunn and just why that guy was considered a top five talent. You're seeing Laurie Markin probably be the best European prospect since, ironically enough, Nikola Mirotic, who they now have balling on that team. We're, how, how is that for irony? And then you have the uber-athletic Zach Levine, who's going to be returning in, in um, what, early January? Late December, early January? So the Bulls team has actually gotten quite a haul when you think about uh, what they gave up to um, to uh, receive all three of those players and, and possibly have their hands on a top draft pick uh, that's coming up uh, next year and next year's draft. We'll see. We'll see if they uh, don't mess that up, if they don't screw the pooch. But that's all the thoughts that I wanted to uh, talk about for this evening because I want to get in and tune in to the rest of this um, this uh, Cavaliers um, <coughs> excuse me Cavaliers Bucks game. I don't know what I was eating there for a moment, but it went down the wrong windpipe. But I want to thank you again for uh, tuning in to my thoughts. 
appreciate you listening through TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, Stitcher.com, or the thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Also, remember, hit me up on my Twitter feed. I'd love to get a lot of your uh, comments. Love to uh, get a lot of your reactions to, um, well, just my general thoughts on Twitter. A lot of it. I always have these witty comebacks. I never start conversations off, but I have what I consider witty comebacks because I receive a good amount of likes. And on SoundCloud also, I always forget to mention SoundCloud, but you can check me out by listening through SoundCloud as well. I want to thank you for being in rotation with me this evening. I'm out.